Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasova, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Bonus time of the Ben Jarofsky show. As I speak, it's Thursday, May 12, 2022. I'm always read a headline in the newspaper to give you a sense of what's going on in the world as I'm about to uh, embark on these great interviews. Uh, and this one is going to be a good one. I know because my two distinguished guests, guests got a lot to say, uh, and are really smart, but, um, I, this this headline just kind of relates in a way uh, to what my guest one one element of what my guest will be talking about, and this is on a Gail Collins column in today's New York Times, folks. I urge everybody to read Gail Collins. She's very funny. She's very smart. She's been covering politics forever. Uh, how's a woman different from a sea turtle? Senators want to know. Don't be fooled. The debate over Roe is all about women and sex. Yes. Gail Collins weighs in. She's brilliant. She's funny. Everybody, run. Don't walk to read Gail Collins. All right. Without further ado, I will ask my distinguished guests to introduce themselves, as I do with every guest that comes on the bonus Ben Jarofsky show. And I'm going to start with distinguished guest whose first name begins with S. Introduce yourself. (laughs) Hi, I'm Steve Cohen, and this is Paula Fraley, and we are the two halves of the founding members of CMP and uh, our festival known as Doc 10, which will be uh, starting in Chicago on uh, May 19th and running from the 19th till the 22nd of of, uh, May, of May <laughs> uh, at the Davis Theater, and this year we've actually added another theater, the Gene Siskel Theater. So we'll be having films in both places. Paula, introduce yourself too. Hi, I'm Paula Fraley. I am CEO and co-founder, along with this guy, <laughs> of CMP and our Doc Ten Film Festival. And uh, uh, Steve and Paula have been uh, coming on my show when I was on the radio. When I uh, was in the podcast, every year they come on to uh, promote this documentary film festival. They know I'm a movie geek. I don't get to see Steve and Paul as many documentaries as I would like. Uh, and they're going to chastise me. Go eat your documentaries uh, like it was a vegetable. 
but this is a wonderful film festival and I urge everybody, uh, if you're into documentaries or even if you're not really into documentaries per se, but you hear about one, uh, that really uh, strikes your fancy, uh, check it out. And, um, we will not leave this podcast. Should we do any more, uh, information giving, uh, Paula as to like what people have to do if they want to get tickets? Should we get that out of the way right up front? Sure. If people want to get tickets, they go to doc10.org. That's doc one zero dot org and uh it's simple as clicking on tickets and that'll take you to the page uh we have 10 films and a shorts program this year uh two of our films are sold out so i encourage people to uh go quickly to doc10.org and buy tickets because things are selling out much sooner this year than they have in previous years we think it's because Obviously, um, semi-post-COVID, uh, people are wanting to get out and, and do things uh, together. Of course, we have all the precautions in place to do that safely. But also, I think we're in an era where it isn't about each or documentaries, they're good for you, but rather documentaries are entertaining stories about real people. And uh, we've got some great ones this year. All right. Uh, I was going to say, we've got some movies that are literally rip, li ripped from today's headlines, um, as well as some movies that are extraordinary portraits or, um, you know, chronicles of, of issues that everybody is caring about these days. And they're all done in a style that make you want to watch them and will resonate with you. Uh, before we go any further, tell me which two movies are sold out. Because I have a feeling I'm going to really want to talk about one of the movies. <laughs> Why do I have that feeling, Paul? Yeah. Go ahead. So our opening night movie is currently waitlisted. So it's not, as our programmer would say, never say sold out. We do sell rush tickets for folks who still want to see the movie and are willing to wait to see who doesn't show up for the film. We always end up with a handful of seats from the wait list and from people waiting in line uh, that night. So The Janes is actually... Uh, waitlisted as our opening night movie. We're in two theaters, which shows you just how um, prescient this film really is, how, how much people want to see it and want to know about these brave women in this time when we may be heading right back into 1968. So the Janes is a story about a, a group of women um, from the, from Chicago who decided to take it on to themselves to provide uh, abortion uh, uh, to, uh, opportunities to women who were pregnant who couldn't get abortions because this is pre Roe -Ro v. Wade. And it was kind of like an underground railroad for, uh, for women who were pregnant, who didn't want to have, um, have those, those, uh, those babies, uh, for various reasons. And, um, it was an extraordinary story. And what really, what really makes it incredible because it took, did take place in 1968 Chicago, amidst everything that was going on in Chicago in the 60s. So it's an incredible portrait of Chicago in those times, as well as a story about these women and the bravery they showed. But... What? <laughs> oh, they're going to be... Most of them oh, are going to be... yeah, we're really excited. So the story has many twists and turns, as you can imagine. It's very much a kind of... Uh, underground thriller in terms of what these women did, um, including they eventually get captured. And we'll just leave it at that in terms of what their what their fate um, was. But 
we can tell you this, that nine of them will be in attendance at opening night and as a part of the Q&A. And so all of us can applaud the bravery and courage of uh, these women um, that doing something that most of us couldn't even imagine. Uh, will the great so Heather Booth be there? You're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the film premiered at Sundance, um, but even at Sundance, they didn't have all the Janes there the way we're going to in Chicago. So it's really a special. Yeah, this convenient. is the first time they've come back together yeah. in something like 35 years. And as another kind of nice connection to Chicago, uh, one of the directors, Emma Pildes, is a Chicagoan. Yes. Uh, she's from Chicago. We are thrilled to bring it so, here. Yeah, so we're real excited about that. And people should, if they want to see this movie, come to the rush lines. Hopefully we'll be able to get as many people as we can get in. We will jam-pack as we'll many jam people as we can into that theater. It's a really important film. No, yeah, this, is, film sorry, go ahead. this is the much-talked-about movie, uh, I think, in the festival. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know you will. Well, it is, but we've got some others that... Yeah, that people are talking are, about. It's definitely one of them is Let the Little Light Shine, which is the other film that is currently waitlisted. It's at the Siskel Center on uh, Saturday at one o'clock. And again, I would encourage people, if you want to see the film, to come and wait in the rush line. Chances are you're going to get in. Um, but this one highlights the National Teachers Academy that was uh, right uh, in the targets of um, when Rom. Emmanuel and his administration shut down so many of the CPS schools. And this really is a wonderful David and Goliath story about how the teachers and the parents and the community came together to save the school. It's really got all the great elements of a great Chicago story and one that um, really kind of makes your heart swell yeah. as you ride along in the ups and downs, uh, the roller coaster that these folks went through in order to save their beloved school. It's going to be a great Q&A yeah. uh, with um, uh, the film team and, and others in the audience. So it's, it's really special. Again, uh, it is currently uh, on wait list, but uh, we hope uh, people are going to get in. And then if that's not... Uh, uh, enough controversy. We've got a movie that everybody is, is in, and, and will continue to be talking about uh, called Navalny, uh, which is about Navalny, the, um, you know, the, the main Putin opponent um, who was poisoned. Uh, and the movie um, is a story about him, about how they decide, figure out who it was who poisoned him. And uh, I'm not going to give any spoiler alerts because, uh, but it, it has been in the papers. Um, and of course, it's so timely now because uh, Navalny has become probably the most um, prolific and outspoken uh, Russian person, political person. Alive. <laughs> alive. And he's alive. Alive and in jail, yeah. um, uh, speaking out against the war and Putin's uh, horrific policy. So the movie is, is so incredibly um, you know, on target now about what's going on in the news. Um, we will tell you this, that um, as a cinematic, um, uh, as, a, as, a cin as cinema, it's an absolutely riveting story. It is. It's, it's as good as Icarus. Yeah, behind Icarus, me. Which won the Oscar. Um, um, it he, is as thrilling as he's it? <laughs> He's charismatic, um, compelling his fan. like you get inside of his family life, so you really feel like you get to know him. He also, this film also represents a kind of, broader portrait of the Russian people and you get a you get a very clear sense of just how much support there yeah. actually is in Russia for Alexei Navalny. And yeah. so it also I think helps as a piece of journalism to provide 
really the American public and internationally some insight into what we collapse down into, you know, a people in support of Putin. This film really demonstrates that that's not the case. Yeah. And uh, we really feel like it could have the potential to open things up and make some major change in Russia. Our money is on this movie to to be one of the Oscar contenders oh, yeah. uh, next year. We actually showed this movie um, about a month ago uh, to a sold-out audience. We had a special preview of it. And because we couldn't get everybody into the theater, we decided to bring it back now. And we will have uh, some of the film team who literally have been, they're coming in from Europe uh, for this movie. So uh, it's going to be really exciting. And if that's not enough for you... One we... of my personal favorites <laughs> is a film called Fire of Love that is going to be on Saturday evening at 9 p.m. Uh, this film premiered at Sundance. And it is a love story of two volcanologists, scientists who uh, who explore uh, volcanoes. So it's fascinating on one level in that you learn a bit about volcanoes that you didn't know before. But even the more inside. so, yeah, literally from the inside out, you meet these two fearless French volcanologists who happen to fall in love with each other over their love of volcanoes. And then you go on to see them fearlessly charge toward exploding volcanoes in order to learn more. Much of what we know about volcanoes is because of this couple. And of course, it's not really giving anything away to say that they're, they, they died in pursuit of the things they loved. Mm-hmm. The footage is incredible. It was all documented by themselves. Uh, they were also they're very famous. In, they're French, so they're very famous in France. There's lots of television footage of them. They're completely eccentric, wonderful characters, and this story really, really is remarkable. Yeah. Think Free Solo meets Twister. That's kind of what the movie <laughs> is. Um, and if that's not enough for you, we have two movies that I, my favorites that I think are just going to really be incredible to see. The first is called um, Splinters. Um, House Made of Splinters. The House Made of Splinters, which is about the Ukraine today, um, but not about the war, actually. It's about this orphanage um, that is kind of like this magical place for the children who live there in eastern Ukraine. This is, you know, post um, the eastern Ukraine being sort of if you will, informally being annexed by, 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 by Russia, but before the war started. But it really just kind of shows you uh, what the Ukrainian people are made of and, and, uh, and the landscape of, of the Ukrainian culture. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful portrait of, yeah. the, of, of a really, even though it, it, it takes place before the current war, it's really looking at the effects of war on the lives of children and on those who take care of them. And these caretakers are these incredible human beings that basically encourage, you know, living a life um, beyond the circumstances that they're in. So again, it's another really heartwarming film in that way. It's heartbreaking in terms of thinking about the impact of war on children. It was a film that premiered at Sundance as well. And we just felt we have to bring it to Chicago with this great Ukrainian community that we have here. Yeah, it, uh, and uh, we, we are expecting. And then another movie that's very, very closely connected to this is our closing night movie called We Feed People about uh, Chef Andreas who uh, and the world uh, central, sorry, kitchen. C- central world central kitchen, um, which as everybody knows is now is playing a 
key role in feeding the Ukrainian immigrants who've been, uh, you know, leaving in droves in, into Poland. Like the, their presence is everywhere. But this movie really sort of tells you how it all began. Yeah. And I mean, it's the Spanish superstar chef who basically decides that he needs to go into countries in crisis and feed people. And so it's this beautiful portrait of humanitarian aid told through the story of the chef, and it's directed by Ron Howard. Yeah. So how can it not be right. a great narrative? Just wonderful. And it's closing night at the Davis at 7 o'clock. And the other- uh- Go ahead. You know, well, I was just going to say, stuff, we you can't got, you know, stop move, talking. Move about. out of the way, Ben. We got we things to say. <laughs> uh, no, that's, uh, hey, God bless you, man. That's called a giant riff. I talk about my guests go on riffs, and it's like, that's you know, some of them are like Jimi Hendrix riffs. That was like the uh, Grateful yes. Dead riff, you know, like an hour later. Uh, Paula finishes the drum solo. No. That's um, exactly all right. right. So, I want to go back to, um, if I can, the, uh, where is it? I have to find it here on my cheat sheet. Uh, oh, yeah. Let the Little Light Shine. Uh, I just want to give a shout out. Rachel Dixon and Kevin Shaw are the pr- producers. Uh, Kevin Shaw is the director. And I know Rachel Dixon. I don't think I've ever met uh, Kevin Shaw, but I'm going to definitely reach out to them. Uh, he is a director. He's worked with Steve James, the great Steve James, uh, dear friend of the show been on many times uh and that looks like a fascinating show for uh chicago political freaks and geeks who are listening to this right now because that's pretty much my audience uh steve and paula uh freaks and geeks and i say that with due love because i am one and uh i remember the fights over school closings that characterized much of uh, rom's administration particularly the first uh four years in office and um in many ways, uh, the issues at play are very, still very much alive in the city of Chicago in terms of where we where communities get funded and what are our long-term goals and objectives uh, and how we spend our public dollars. So this looks like it's going to be a fascinating flick. And uh, But you, did you say, is this one of the movies that uh, it's, is it's, already on? It's on waitlisted wait now. Yes. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Don't shy away from signing up for the wait list. I'm telling you, every year, lots of people get in. Stuff happens, and lots and lots of people actually do end up getting in. So definitely come. And the other good part is, if for some reason you don't get in, there's going to be another movie you're going to want to see that you can't, you will get into. Yep. We, you guys touched on something I'd love to hear you riff on a little bit, and uh, I take delight in this. the no, you don't want to give anything away. Well, these are documentaries generally about uh, things that have already happened, mm-hmm. public events. Mm-hmm. So, but I know exactly what you're saying because uh, my wife and I just watched uh, Winning, which is an H. It's not a documentary. It's a made uh, for TV a show about the Los Angeles Lakers of mm-hmm. the 1980 yeah. Lakers with Magic yeah. Johnson's rookie year. Yeah. And uh, as an obsessive, I need help. Uh, basketball fan. I know the whole freaking story. Uh, and my wife would be like, don't tell me anything. I don't want to know. And I'm like, wow, this is, you know, you, it's like, <laughs> it's a real life thing. You just look it up on the internet. You're going to know, did Jack McKinney really have that no. bicycle accident? Did no. I know you guys know what the hell I'm talking about here, but did Paul Westhead <laughs> step in? Did Pat Riley work? For, you know what I'm saying? These are like things that really happen. But I get what you're saying because 
a really successful documentary about a real life event can work like a thriller. Icarus was that way. Exactly. It's not, this isn't just pure journalism. If anything, documentary filmmaking is much more like narrative storytelling in that it doesn't matter how many times are we going to remake Emma? How many times will we remake a Marvel movie, right? Why do people keep going back to see Spider-Man? It's not like they don't know what Spider-Man does or what happens. Or Batman four times the beginning of it. You just love the experience of being immersed in a really great narrative. And that's exactly what these films do. They just happen to extract that narrative storyline from real life. Yeah. So this isn't the the place, this isn't like going to get the news, like you didn't know something happened. This is about feeling the news. This is about feeling the people who are affected by the issues that we read about every day. I mean, you're not going to get the story of Navalny in the way that this documentary gives it to you ever without this doc. That's that's really well said. I mean, (laughs) she knows what she's talking about. Um, No, it's, it's, this is the, you get the backstory to the story here. You get the, and then you're hearing it from the very real people. This is, these are not stand-ins. These are not, you know, uh, actors who, who've read a script and, and to understand it. These are the people. These are really way better films than reality yeah. television. And yeah. we know there's an audience for reality yeah. TV. Yeah. But if you want something that is deeper and richer about the lives of real people, you should come see some of these films. And you just gave us a great segue, Ben, to the very last thing that we really want to highlight for for, for the uh, Doc 10, because it is the first time we're doing this, is our shorts program on Sunday. Uh, yeah, on Sunday at the Gene Siskel Theater. At 1 o'clock. At 1 o'clock. We're, this is the first time we're bringing 10 yes. short films. They range from, what, 5 minutes to 15 minutes? Or so. Yeah, these are great little doses of some Amazing. wonderful portraits of people and of issues and of internet technology and of climate change and all kinds of things. They're in, you know, bite-sized pieces, ten to fifteen minutes. You get in, you get out. You got ten of them. It's a beautiful and you program. want more. You're, and all of these films are premiering through the streamers like Opdocs and The Guardian and Field of Vision and all of these places that that have incredible visibility. So they're very, very high level storytelling. Tease them with one of them. Tell them about swimming through. Okay, so I think the theme of Doc 10 this year is about, if I can say it, ballsy women. Okay, (laughs) you can bleep that if you need to. But one of our shorts in particular also happens to be about a group of ballsy, courageous women (laughs) in uh, the south side of Chicago. And these are a group of women that are lake swimmers. They, they start swimming during COVID as a means of managing all that we had to manage during that time. And as the winter starts to come on and they're getting into colder and colder water, they make a pact that they're going to swim through the winter. And they do. And it happens to be the worst winter in Chicago in, I don't know, decades. <laughs> so they are swimming through giant, giant chunks of ice. There's a woman with a sledgehammer breaking into the ice of Lake Michigan in order to do this swim. It's absolutely incredible. And they're wonderful friendship. They're wonderful characters. Each of them has a very direct, uh, has COVID has had a direct impact on their lives. And so it also speaks to something deeper than just this incredible thing they do. It's about how do you cope 
with the kind of loss and isolation that we all were touched by during the the largest, the biggest part of the COVID pandemic. And it's this, a beautiful, this film. powerful portrait of three women in 15 minutes. Yeah, you walk out directed by Sam Sanders, a Chicago, beautiful Chicago filmmaker. And you won't only know about these women; you'll want to know more at the end of that. And minutes. they might just be there, <laughs> maybe not saying for sure. wearing a swimming suit. <laughs> um, I. I'm looking at my uh, cheat sheet here, and I'm not sure uh, you touched on this movie, uh, but it has a very intriguing title, and it's called Riotsville, USA. Oh, yeah. I knew he was going for that <laughs> one. Yeah. I Talk about it. that. This is another incredible film that also premiered at Sundance about uh, civil unrest and how uh, in the 60s, the U.S. government constructed literally fake towns, otherwise known as Riotsville, USA, to train police officers in the National Guard in how to deal with uprisings. And the film both looks at this, I mean, it's incredible, and there's footage of this. There's like yeah. footage of these fake towns. It's like towns an alter, alternate and reality. And the cops sort of marching through <laughs> with their guns. It is like an alternate reality. Um, so that's incredible, but they also intercut what was happening during that time, of course, in the late sixties and the, the riots and the uprisings that were happening literally all over the country. And so it's a, it's a looking at the history of civil unrest and police brutality in the U S in particular, but through this very quirky, um, idea of training people by constructing fake towns and yeah. putting on, they, they hired, they hired hippies <laughs> to protest wow. yeah. in these towns. It's yeah. really, it's a great movie. Whose heads they can bash in. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing, it really is an amazing look back at, you know, where we came from and look forward about, you know, where we are now. Which is not that different. It's not that different. And so I, I know you want to promote as much as you can, uh, uh, the film festival, and I do believe in encouraging communities of film lovers to gather. And I love film festivals as next as much as the next person. But just in case one of our listeners uh, cannot get to the film festival for whatever reason, or maybe they're still nervous about COVID, whatever, um, movies like Riotsville, USA, which looks absolutely intriguing, the Janes and Navalny. Uh, you you touched on this before, but. Uh, will are most of these movies already uh, contracted to stream somewhere, or is this documentary the avenue uh, that they must pursue in order to get those deals? Talk about well, that. Festivals are definitely the way in which these films or any documentary films really get in front of distributors who are looking to see audience reaction, which is part of why it's so great. It's almost a community service to go mm -hmm. to a film, especially in a festival like this, because you're demonstrating there are, you know, we have industry people who come into town for the festival. We also happen to have an industry panel on Saturday afternoon at two, looking at the current state of distribution and documentaries. And that is free and open to the public. But this festival is a way for distributors to get a peek inside how does the average person respond to a film? And based on that, films then get bought. In the case of several of the films in this festival, they are in, they already have distribution deals. So you will eventually be able to see them. The, the Janes is on HBO, uh, HBO Plus, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, HBO Max. HBO Max. Mm -hmm. uh, Navalny is on CNN. Uh, Fire of Love, is that Amazon? Amazon. Um, 
I'm trying to think, looking at our list here. Well, we we feed people is Nat Geo. Right, Nat Geo. Right. But none of these films will have been streamed, with the exception of Navalny, uh, on any platforms before this festival. And for the most part, it will be at least a month or two later than the festival. So These will be their Chicago and Midwest premieres. Yes. And in most cases, it will be the first time they are seen other than Sundance, where they may have premiered, or um, in some cases, South by Southwest. Um, so yeah, it makes it a special event there. Um, and yeah, you could see them, you know, on by on, yourself with a, <laughs> on beer, a small screen, sitting on your but couch. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Navalny on the big screen is very different from seeing oh, Navalny yeah. on TV. Yeah, yeah. it's special. No, uh, no I, I didn't mean it anyway. I and I say this as a guy who loves film festivals, uh, and I don't. Steve, I'm obsessive about certain movies, but I'm by no means uh, like uh, a Sergio Mims, who's <laughs> or Chris Buddy, who come on my show all the time, talk movies. These guys are so smart about movies. Mm-hmm. I've just like seen like 20 movies 20 times each, if you follow what I just said. Like I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood so many times, it's wearing out. So, but what I do like about festivals is the spirit of. Uh, just of uh, the camaraderie, I guess. I don't know what it is, but it's a collection of film lovers. And, you know, you could get a conversation going in the lobby or something with someone who's really smart. Uh, I've had this happen more than once at Doc 10, but also Black Harvest Film Festival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, and, you can talk um, to the director. You'll be able to talk to the director or the producer yeah. uh, or the subjects. So, you know, yeah. we have them all come. They, they come into the theater and they come because they want to see their movie seen by audiences and hear their reactions to it. All right. So, so I don't want to make it seem like you like one movie more than another. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask you what your favorite is. I'll just phrase the question a little differently, and then each of you will respond, and I'll be curious how you guys respond to this question. Which of these movies do you predict will be uh, nominated for an Oscar? Navalny well, we sure. know Navalny. I mean, it's kind of a shoo-in. I would say The Janes is also yep. a shoo-in. And I'd say Fire of Love is I think Fire of pretty Love, high up on the, on the Let's list. talk short list because, you know, yeah, it gets right. nutty when yeah. you move from the short list to the top five. Good, I mean, it's that's like that's it anybody's politics game. From it does, it does. The top five. I would say shortlisting all 10 of our films. Yeah. Every year, yeah. at least eight of the 10 get shortlisted. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the other thing about why we only choose 10. We want the best of the best. We want to bring what we love and show people the best of the best that exists right now so that they too can fall in love with this thing that seems like a no-brainer to us. That's right. So yeah, you want to see some of those that then end up making it all the way to the top five. Doc 10's your best bet for doing it. The other thing is that we pick movies not only that we know are going to be you know, strong contenders for award, during award season, but they're also going to be movies that are really going to be impacting the landscape w- during their runs and while they're in, in the public eye because they all have impact campaigns built around them or, or outreach campaigns or listening campaigns or they're being used in ways to amplify, you know, the dis- discussion about the subject in which the movies are based. And I'll give you an example. The Territory is, a, is an example of a movie that, you know, it's about the deforestation and environmental implications of deforestation among this indigenous 
people um, whose in, name, Brazil. in Brazil. And Steve, I want Steve to try and pronounce No the way name. am I going to try and pronounce the name. It's the Iruwawa <laughs> people. <Yeah>. Okay. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. It's about deforestation. It's about the rainforest being burned down faster than 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 I can even stand to think about. But it's told through the story of this wonderful community of people. And so, yeah, 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 you know about this. You know you should be doing something about it. But if you come to this film, you're going to be moved inside. Your heart's going to be moved for these people. And that, we hope, then gets you thinking the next time someone asks you to donate about climate change or to maybe sign a petition or to speak up in some way um, about this issue, you'll remember your feelings about this movie and it will spur you on to some sort of action. 100%. You know? that's, exa that's exactly right. You'll be entertained, then you'll be moved, and then hopefully you'll do some movement. Yeah, that's it. All right. And I'll tell you right now, definitely the Janes falls under that category. Oh, because, yeah. <laughs> Please. Uh, I'll, I'll close with a little politics. This will be uh, the biggest reproductive rights uh, will be the big issue heading into the midterms, no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and the country has a major decision to make. This is me speaking, not Steve or Paula. So don't put my views into them. They may not. They we may are, we're endorsing what you're saying. Uh, yeah, it depends. Yeah, they may go, yeah, Ben, I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, how far to the right is this country going on the issue of reproductive rights? And do, do you want America to go back to what is seen in this movie? Is that where you want to go, America? Uh, well, if before you make your decision, maybe you should see the Janes and see what that vision of America is like. And then you go, OK, I'll vote for the MAGA point of view because I like that version. And maybe you'll say, you know what? I'm waking up and uh, I don't like that version. That's my political view. Uh, the views and opinions of Ben Jarosky do not necessarily reflect those of his guests. Who are the can I add a little caveat? They're yes. not going to stop at abortion rights. So keep in mind, you may not totally you know, support this point of view, but I can guarantee you they're coming after more. And oh yeah, those who anything that's protected that. under the guise of privacy rights, yeah, it's gone. That's your next year's documentary, that's Griswold. Right. That's Steve's yeah, the lawyer; he knows what I'm talking about. They're yeah. going to come out. That's next year's documentary. Absolutely. Uh, and then Lawrence versus State of Texas. Yeah. That'll be next year's documentary too. So yes. All right. Uh, enough politicking from Ben. One more time. All the basic information. When does uh, it start? When does it go? Where can folks get tickets? I don't care who answers it. Take it away. I'll start. May 19th through the 22nd. Thursday night is opening night with the Janes. Sunday night is closing night with uh, We Feed People in between some great movies at the Davis Theater up in Lincoln Square and at the Gene Siskel Theater downtown. Uh, how to get tickets? Tickets, doc10.org, doc10.org. Uh, get your tickets now because things are selling out or waitlisted, as our programmer, Anthony Kaufman, encourages us to say. <laughs> uh, show up for rush tickets day of. If something is waitlisted, we can uh, guarantee we'll do whatever we can to get you in that theater. And plan to come and be, be, be prepared for some really great surprises while you're there because between the audience Q&As and the people who are going to be in the room and special events that are going on, there's going to be a lot happening at those two theaters um, during the weekend. All right. Very good. Steve and Paul, thank you very much. Always appreciate uh, talking movies with you uh, once a year around this time. So thank you very much for coming on the show.
Great. Thanks, Thank ben. you. Okay. All right. Bye. That's uh, Stephen Paula. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Thank you.